Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Are you ready for the word? All right. We already read read the scripture, so let me just get right into this. Revelation chapter 12 gives us three powerful weapons to overcome the devil's accusations. The blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and not being afraid to die. Now, you might have some concerns when you get ready to pass away. All of us will. But the neat thing about Christians is we get an opportunity to see Jesus. Amen. And so we must be resolute and what we believe and allow that belief to change who we are until the love for our own lives is overcome by the life of Jesus Christ. Let me say that one more time because he told me to write it just like this. We must be resolute in what we believe and allow that belief to change who we are until the love for our own lives has been overcome by the life of Jesus Christ. So we, this was Derek Prince said this about the blood. He said this, he said, we overcome Satan when we testify personally to what the word of God says the blood of Jesus does for us. Did you catch that? That's why the word of our testimony is so powerful and the blood of the lamb, because we are overcomers. Somebody say, I am an overcomer. See, we're not supposed to be victims. We're supposed to be victims. Tours, amen. And so we're not supposed to walk in the church with our head all down and kicking rocks. No, we, we should be walking in this victorious spirit, amen. You walk on your job with your head held up high, whistling, and they're trying to figure out it's Monday. I say, yeah, but it's the best day of the week. <laughs> you know, they come to work, man, it's Monday, man. Sure. You're tired because you've been screaming all Sunday, football team. See, I was taking a nap while you were screaming, praise God. (laughs) I love Mondays. Mondays, look, anytime you get an opportunity to stand up on this side of the earth, that's a good day. Amen? And so, so I love not just Mondays. I love every day that I can get an opportunity to wake up and, and, and give a smile to somebody. You know, a smile is contagious. Hug somebody's neck. You don't ever have to say Jesus or God or or Yahshua. You don't have to do all your Christianese stuff so people know that you're a Christian. All you got to do is walk with your head up, walk with some kind of consistency about your life, stop looking like the world, acting like the world, talking like the world. Then, obviously, people are going to see that you are different. The word sanctification means that you're set apart. You can't win the world looking like the world. And so we become more attractive to the world when we don't look like her. Hello, somebody. Come on. I, I know because, you know, I'm attracted to that thing. Yeah, because she just, you know, God always had the right person for you. Come on, somebody. Hello. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, Richard? God always got the right, the right person for you. But see, if you hook up with the wrong person. No, I might be stepping on some toes. So let me, let me keep on. Let me get on with the word because I felt that little shift. So, so let me get on in this. <laughs> so, so there is power in understanding what the shed blood of Jesus Christ has done for us. In Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Check this out. This is what the, the word of the Lord says. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony 
to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. They were sharing their testimony about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the... See, let me tell you something, saints. I, I like to teach apologetics because we're supposed to defend the faith, right? I love apologetics. But, but let me tell you the best way to defeat a skeptic, your testimony. Because with your testimony, you don't have to know Scripture. You don't have to know where all the Bible pages are, and you don't have to know the difference between Genesis and Revelation. All you need to know that God has definitively done something in your life that you know it had to be nobody but God to do it. Right? So when you have a testimony, that means that God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost has done the miraculous in your, in your life, and that all you can stand on is your testimony, then that is enough. Why? Because regardless of what any skeptic or agnostic or atheist or Islam says to you, you can stand and rest assured that God is still faithful in my life. You may not know him, but I know him. I know what he did for me. I know what he drugged me out of. I know how he cleansed me. I know how he purged me. Yeah, but I still don't believe him. You might not believe him, but you're going to need him. Well, you still haven't answered, is God real? Well, the mere fact that you're asking if he's real lets me know he is because you wouldn't be asking for something if it wasn't even real. Why would you ask if something is real if it wasn't real? You just go on about your business. Why in the world would you want to remove a cross if the cross didn't have any power? Somebody shout, power! There's one that working power in the blood of Jesus. Why? Because the cross is where he shed his blood. And without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sin. You'd still be locked up in your bondage. Going to hell if it hadn't been for the cross. He wiped the slate clean and said, look, I'm going to kick you in your rear end. Get on out there again, boy. God is the best coach there is. Because you fall on your face. He picks you up and says, get, get back in the game. Sometimes he'll tell you, stop crying. <laughs> See, that's the God people don't want. <laughs> See, you want that old loving God. You know, he just brushed you off. Oh, come here, come here, baby. Let me get that. Come here, boo. Come, uh -uh. Let me get that off your face. You know, that's that love. But sometimes God is not loving like that. Sometimes God said, get up. Get back in the game. What are you doing? Stop weeping. Stop crying. Listen, you've been praying for 10 years. Stop weeping and start doing Nothing better than a good kick sometimes. <laughs> so the word testimony is a very interesting word, and I'm going to share this. Um, I'm going to give you some theology here, and then we're going to get right into the application, the, the pragmatic part of the message, okay? So the word testimony in the Greek is mortoria, mortoria, and this is what it means. What one testifies before judge, that's testimony. Now, what was very interesting, because this is why I love studying God's word, the root word for the word testimony is the word mortos. That's where we get the English word martyr. The word martyr means to die. Oh, glory. 
All right, stay with me. Stay with me here. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said he gave them power to go out into Samaria and Judea and the other most parts of the earth so that they can be witnesses, not to go witness. To go witness is one thing, to be witnesses is another. So the word mortals is witnesses because you can't be a good witness for God unless you're willing to die. And you won't have a testimony unless you die to your flesh and allow God to breathe new life into you. See, some people don't have a testimony because they're too busy trying to live. No, God, I got the answers. I can do it this way. And see, you know, let me tell you something. See, like a child, right? A child said, Daddy, I can do this. Let's just say if if I'm cutting the grass and if Caitlin supernaturally came out and said something because... Caitlin ain't going to come out trying to cut grass. I mean, she's, she ain't going to do that. I'm just letting you know she ain't coming out cutting no grass, right? Let's just say supernaturally she comes out and says, Dad, I want to cut the grass. I'm like, no, baby, this thing, I got, I got to put some pressure behind it. Like, no, Daddy, let me do it. Let me cut the grass. Let me, let me grab this lawnmower, Daddy. And I'm like, no, baby, come on now. I got this. You know, it's, it, you can't handle this. It's too much. No, no, Daddy, I believe I can do it. I believe I can push it. And then eventually I'm going to say, all right, go ahead. And she's. And then eventually she's going to go, she's going to look at me. Right? Why? She needs some help. See, that's how we are with God. God, I got this. I can make this happen. I got my A plan. I got my B plan. If that doesn't work, I got my D. And if my D don't work, I got my F. And if my F don't work, I got one H-I. And then I got H-I-J. And if all of that don't work, I got that little plan under the bed. I always kick it under there because that's my last resort because I got it in a peacup. I know what peacup is, right? Some people call it pecan. Yeah. See, some of y'all, y'all don't understand. If you're not from the country, I uh, see people order, I want some pecan pie. I'm like, I don't want none of that pie. <laughs> if that pie got a, a little taste to a little twinge, <laughs> that ain't the right pie you should be ordering. You should be ordering a pecan pie, not a pecan pie. Now, about two or three of y'all will get that going home today. All right. Are you anybody on social media right now? All right, share this. Share this. We are not the victims of our circumstances. We are the product of our choices. Hashtag C3, the blood of the lamb. We are not the victims of our circumstances. We are the product of our choices. Two people can be in the same situation, but make different choices, and they have a different outcome. Every choice has consequences. This is why when you read in the Bible, it says, if you do this, then. See, If is a magnificent word, is the smallest word that has the greatest impact because the word if means you got to make a decision. That's right. That's right. 
Therefore, if the word if is in the Bible, everything past that, the blessings that we want, might not be yours if you don't fulfill the if. Just because you heard somebody say it doesn't make you yours because the knowledge of a thing is not the possession of it. Just because you think you know something doesn't mean you've possessed it. See, the first generation of Israel, they knew about the land filled with milk and honey, but they never possessed it. Just because you know something doesn't mean you capitalize on it. Just because you can read a few scriptures don't mean you know how to operate in it. Am I talking to the right people this morning? Every day we should testify to how good God is. Every day we should have a testimony to how good God is. God is awesome. Even when you don't understand. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up. Even if your leg is still hurting and you hopping, you say, God, thank you, because I might be hopping, but I'm making it to work, Lord. Thank you. I might be hopping on this hip, but I got a good mind, Lord. Come on, somebody. You walking like your janitor in elementary school, and he just, well, come on. I might be hopping on this hip. My foot might still be hurting. My body might still be hurting. But God, I thank you that you gave me a sound mind. That I can faithfully articulate some things today. I can lead people. I can raise my children. Come on, somebody. We got a lot to be thankful for. And if you're not grateful, when you lay on a table, when you have to get radiation or chemotherapy, it'll make you think, and it'll make you grateful. When you land on your back like Nestor in so much pain because it couldn't move, you will be grateful. Because when God brings, God, God Almighty, hey, God, uh, because when God brings you out, you got a testimony. And God will take your passion and tie your passion to your greatest pain. That's why people can't talk you out of your passion, because that's the area of pain. The Bible said after his passion. He showed himself for 40 days, proving many infallible things. The passion was the cross. That's why it was called the passion of the Christ. You show me a person with a lot of passion, I show you a person that's been through a lot of pain. And God would take your pain and turn it into passion for what he wants you to do. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to the right church? Come on and give him a praise in here. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Somebody say so up in here. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> if you've been redeemed, say so. Somebody say, I've been redeemed. Slap somebody high five and say, you've been redeemed. Mm -hmm. Say so. Say so. Say so. Say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Praise God. Let's get into these applications. Praise God. How do we plead the blood of Jesus? How do we apply the blood to our lives every day? Seven in biblical numerologies means spiritual perfection. We all know that probably. The first thing I talked about last Sunday was redemption. I'm not going to get into redemption, but I will, we will do the confession part. Y'all ready? So let's confess this. Through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed out of the hands of the devil. See, the blood translates you from darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. You are redeemed. The second thing I gave was cleansing. Let's confess this. While I walk in the light, walk in the, light. The, blood the blood of Jesus cleanses me now, cleanses me now. 
and continually from all sins. And nothing going to cleanse you like the blood. You can try to act right and try to talk right, but the blood is the only thing that's going to cleanse your sin. You can be a good person. There are a lot of good people going to go to hell. And, and crumbs is one of the main reasons a lot of people are going to go to hell. Because, see, you got too many crumb teaching preachers that only give you a part. See, a crumb, see, in the Bible, it talks about the bread of life. See, you're supposed to be getting the whole loaf. And when you get a crumb, all you're getting is a particle of the whole loaf. So if you are a crumb Christian, then all you want are the good parts of the Bible that you like. But all that other stuff that's kind of hard to grasp and understand, all that other stuff that legislates your lifestyle, you go, no, I don't want that part of the Bible. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I love y'all anyway. Justification number three. Justification, the blood of Jesus gives us justification because justification means just as if it did not happen. So in other words, justification means he wipes the slate clean. All right, let's confess through the blood of Jesus. I am justified, acquitted, just as if it, I never sinned. So the next one I think I ended on was sanctification. I think I stopped on that one, right? Sanctif I didn't. I stopped at justification just as if it didn't happen. All right, let me pick up from last Sunday. So number four is sanctification. Somebody say that word. Sanctification. Now, sanctification and, and being sanctified is not wearing a white dress, dress on the first Sunday. I'm sorry. I mean, I messed up somebody there, and I'm sorry. But I know, I know that's what we always thought. However, you can be sanctified in a pair of blue jeans and some Chuck Taylors. Amen. <laughs> say so. <laughs> I know somebody says, say it ain't so. But uh, <laughs> you, sanctification, sanctify, saints, saint. The, the, the root word is saint, set apart. That's what sanctification means. It means that you have been set apart meat for the master's use. That means that you are willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, that you are an extension of of the head. He's the head, we're the body. And when you are sanctified, that means you're set apart directly by God to do God's bidding. Hello, somebody. Therefore, if you want to do your own bidding, you might be not sanctified for that part because you're only sanctified for his bidding. And the blood of Jesus, when it cleanses you, it washes you, it purges you so that you can be set apart, meet for the master's use. And sometimes you have to steal away from people, just like Dean Thomas said, and you have to fast and pray. She couldn't even talk. What was she doing? She was getting sanctified. And there are some things that God has to confer to you, but he can't give it to you because you're not sanctified. You're not willing to push that plate back and fast and consecrate yourself. Get off of Facebook and put your face in his book. Hello, am I talking to the right people? See, I'm talking about getting sanctified. See, there, there are things. See, see there's a difference. Mm, Lord, I don't know. I need to get into this. I'm going to go in there anyway. 
There, there, there are two words for the word son in the Bible. One word means that you are, you are a new son. I'm going to teach sonship probably sometime. So I'm going to teach on sonship, right? There's one son that means that you're just getting saved. You're, you're immature. But then there's another Greek word for son that means you are a mature son. Now, to go from the immature son to the mature son, there's always the ebb and flow of stuff. There was stuff that Moses had to go through when he went from the palace to the desert. And there was some stuff he had to go through before God prepared him to go from the desert back to the palace. There was some stuff Joseph had to go through when Joseph went from the desert to the palace. Hello, somebody. And so there is some stuff that we have to go through so God can prepare us to our place called there. Where is there? I don't know. Well, you got to go through the stuff so you can get there. See, a lot of times you want God to show you the place called there. But if he showed it to you, you wouldn't get there. Because you're not prepared. And if he should. Now, listen. Check this out. He gave Joseph the dream, but he never showed Joseph the pit. <laughs> See, everybody, Lord, give me a dream. You better know that when God gives you a dream, he's not going to give you everything that help you get to the accomplishment of that dream. You best know when God gives you a dream, there's going to be some pits, some potiphar houses, and some prisons that you're going to have to go through. Somebody say sanctification. Mm. Colossians 1.13 said, God delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So in other words, God brought us from something to something. God called them from somewhere to somewhere. When he found his disciples, they were mending their nets and he said, follow me. So in other words, God saw these men, they were already busy. Let, let, me, let me help you out here. See, when God called these men, they were already working. See, if you're lazy, if you're not doing anything right now, why can, how can God call you to do greater things when you can't even do the small thing? If you're faithful over a few things, he said, I'll make you ruler over many. Now enter therein into the joy of the Lord. But if you're sitting back waiting on God and God said, I already gave you everything that you need. What you waiting on? I'm waiting on God. No, you're lazy. You ain't waiting on God. God says, move. I've given you everything that you needed. The Bible said, as they went, they were healed. If they had stayed right there with Jesus, they never would have experienced the healing. That's right. That's right. Sometimes we got to just walk that thing out, saints of God. That's why the Bible says, work out your salvation. That means you're going to have to do something. I think one of the reasons the church is so weak right now, we got, a, we got a lot of people in the church waiting for the pastors to do it all. Well, pastor, when you do this, I'll do that. No, no, you do it, then I'll follow you. No, I'm doing everything I can do. I, I, can't, I can't expend any more resources. See, there's more of you than pastors. So if we can get people in the church to do more things, we can accomplish more in the church. Am I talking to the right people today? But see, but see, hold on, hold on. You have to be challenged. 
A lot of people don't want to be challenged because when you get challenged, that means you got to change. And people don't like that word change. Oh, pastor, can I do it without changing? That'd be like you going to Walmart and you buy something for $5 and you give them a $100 bill and then you walk off. No, what you going to do? You, you're going to run back. Say, where's my $95? And that joker sitting at the cash register laughing. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you come back and say, no, bro, where's my change? See, I paid for something. I gave you more than what it was worth. See, that's what Jesus is looking for. Jesus, when he says, I paid the ransom, now what I'm looking for is my change. Boy, you're preaching right now. I can make myself happy up in here. Let's confess some stuff. Y'all ready? Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, made holy, set apart to God, separated from sin, and made holy with God's holiness. Boy, y'all need to confess these things every day. I'm going to give them all to you. Let's do number five. Number five. Number five is life. 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 John 10.10 says this. The thief, the thief does not come except but to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life. No, notice Jesus didn't say, I came so that you would have. He came and said that you might have, which means you may not have life if you're not willing to follow my command. So just because you proclaim this scripture does not make it yours. Because you might not even know who the thief is in this scripture. Because you might be proclaiming this scripture on the devil when Jesus clearly was not talking about the devil in this scripture. I know the devil can come and steal. He can come to kill. And he can come to destroy. But let me tell you something, saints of God. If you got Jesus, he can't do nothing. I get so sick of people, well, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. No, I'm a Christian. No, 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 wait a minute. Didn't Jesus say in the book of Colossians that he has defeated the devil and triumphed over him openly? So, no, I walk in victory. The devil can't do nothing to me unless I allow him to. Oh, I forgot, but you have to be sanctified, set apart, understanding justification and understand that he purged you from dead works and... <laughs> You know all that stuff works together, right? For the Bible says all things work for the good of them who love the Lord and are the called according to his purposes. What are all things? Everything in the totality of the word of God that belongs to Christians that we need to operate in every word. Because if you only want to operate in just a segment of his word, you might be missing something up here. And then you're praying about this, and you're saying, man, I can't believe this hadn't happened yet. Well, maybe you haven't fulfilled the principle. Just because you see the promise don't mean that the principle is yours. Because, see, you can't get the provision until you learn the principle in the problem. <laughs> I know, I know. You want the promise, get the principle, then skirt around and get the promise. I know it. But, no, you don't get to the promise until you go through the problem. 
because through the problem is where you change. All right, okay, okay, life, life, life. Somebody said life, 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 life. So many people have life, but they're not really living. You can see it on their faces. See, we know John 10, 10, but let me read John 10, 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. Somebody said he's the good shepherd. Good gracious alive. He knows how to keep us in his pasture. Come on, somebody. He said, the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Jesus not only came to give you life, to give it to the sheep, he also gave his life for, oh, glory to God. See, see, listen, I give my life to the sheep. I preach, I study, but I'm also willing to give my life for the sheep. That's what makes us shepherds. See, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15 says, and I will give you pastors after my heart who will feed you knowledge and understanding. If you're not getting knowledge and understanding, then that may not be your pastor. And I can't give you knowledge and understanding if I haven't been consecrated, if I haven't been studying the word of God, if I am not sanctified. Spending time with the Lord. There's no way you would stay in here if you don't feel the, the presence of God based on the word of God that's being preached. If the word of God being preached is not palpable and you don't sense anything and you're not getting anything from it, then you are absolutely in the wrong place. All right, let's do some uh, confession. Lord Jesus, when we receive your blood, we receive your blood. In, it, we receive your life. in it, we receive your life. I am filled, I am filled with, your life with your divine life and your divine power. power. You've got to understand, when you plead the blood of Jesus over your saints of God, you have newness of life. You have his blood protecting you. You're not just here to live. You're here to have an abundant life. See, I don't want to just, just arrive. I want to thrive. Amen? See, I don't want just the 30-fold or the 60. I want the 100-fold. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So why settle for the devil's worst when God wants to give you his best? Can I talk to the single ladies for a second? Don't settle for some joker that's not willing to put a ring on it. Talk to him, baby. Okay, my baby said, I can talk to you. Where the single ladies at? By show of hands, single ladies. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You are precious. You are precious. You are precious. And let me tell you how you will know how precious you are if you tell that brother to wait. Amen. Amen. Yeah. If, if, if he don't wait, then you realize that you're not as precious to him as you think. And listen, can I, can I go on with me up in there? Since I'm from the ghetto... Let me go on up in there. Listen, and don't be trying to move in together talking about we're bringing our finances together. And then when we bring our finances together, then that's when we're going to get married. You'll be in that situation for 10 years still waiting for a ring. Like my daddy say, why about a cow? Now, I ain't calling nobody a cow, but I'm just... Y'all been took my sermon and twisted it. Said pastor was in Covenant Community Church calling women cows. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why are you gonna give up the most precious thing that you have as a woman for nothing? No commitment, no ring, no responsibility. Nah, you're worth more than that, ladies. Can I get a good amen from the ladies? Praise God. 
uh, number six, intercession. Number six, intercession. I'm, I'm trying to finish up quickly. Intercession. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12 says, Because he, Jesus, poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Uh, this speaks of, this Isaiah 53 actually is a prophecy that speak, that's speaking of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. For the Bible says that he was numbered with the transgressors. What that means is he was crucified with them. One to the left and one to the right, Jesus in the middle. Now, the one to the left, I already, I already shared with you that when something is to the left of you, you really don't have any authority over. You only have authority over something that's to the right of you. That's why when you are married, the woman is to your left side because you don't have any authority over that woman. But after the marriage finishes and you kiss and you turn, then the woman is to the right side of the man because now authority has switched from the father to the husband. Yeah, I know this is good. Y'all don't have to give me an amen, but it's right anyway. <laughs> and so now, <laughs> so now the authority has switched. So now she's at his right side. And so there were two men. One railed against Jesus and one repented, right? The one that repented, what side do you think he was on? The right side, of course, because Jesus had authority over him. And so there was, there was three crosses. There was the cross of rebellion. The cross of repentance and the cross of redemption. So what cross are you on? You better be on that one of repentance because you can't redeem anybody. But we got a lot of people that's on that other cross. And they rail against Jesus because the word of God doesn't change, but it changes you. And sometimes when the word of God comes strong from a man or woman of God, people will rebel because they don't like it. All right, okay. Oh, we'll keep it moving. Confession, you ready? Thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord. that even when, I cannot pray, even when I cannot pray, the blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus is, pleading for me is pleading for me in heaven. In heaven. See, when you can't pray, Jesus is still making intercession for you. And only, the only way he can intercede for you is when you apply the blood to your own life. Isn't it amazing that Jesus is praying for you? Man, that's, that's, I can't even, man, Jesus is praying for me. Now, I know a lot of times we call people and say, hey, can you pray for me? But you know, you can, you can call Jesus. You know, my, my, my mama in, in, in the church, they used to sing this old song, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want, well, Jesus on the main line. Y'all know that? You, know you tell him what you want. I never knew what that meant. <laughs> I, I was so I was so out of, oh man I was just so sinful and I would be in church and I'm like they, they tripping how you just gonna pick up a telephone what's his number just as <laughs> backwards. And then when I got saved, I said, oh, my God. Now because I have the Holy Spirit, my spirit connects with his spirit. 
Therefore, I don't have to make a call. I can just call his name. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. That's the phone call. When you don't know what to pray, say Jesus. That's the call. That's the connection. And it's better than Verizon. Yeah, the chastity say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the connection I want to make. And he's, and he's a wireless God. Ah! His code is Christian. Y'all ready? Confession on this one, right? This is the last one, right? Oh, I got to give you the last one. Oh, that one. Oh, one more. Praise the Lord. See, I'm almost done. All right, the last one. Oh, uh, man, I like this one better. The last one is access to favor. This, this is a good one here, and I got to read it from the Bible. I got to show you something real quickly here, and then we're going to pray and go home. Have you, have you been blessed so far? Yeah. Now, now, shh. Is that Jesus? Did y'all hear that? That Jesus made a call. Glory, y'all better answer. Well, if you ain't living right, you might not want to answer. <laughs> uh, he might tell you, I saw you last night. Y'all know that movie? I saw what you did last summer. <laughs> I saw you last night. <gasps> All right, let me, read, let me read some of this book. Check this out. Now, this is powerful. This is the last thing, saints of God. This is the last thing, and we're done. So, access to favor. I'm in Exodus chapter 12, and I'm going to read two verses here, because this is, this is very, very powerful. Um, w- sometimes people think that when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they came out broke. When God pulls you out of something, he don't pull you out to keep you broke. Amen. And God will never make you broke to teach you a lesson. You broke because of your bad choices. Stop blaming God for being broke. Start making better choices. Do what you need to do. If you don't know nothing about money, start reading every book you can on money. If you disrespect money, you'll never have money. It ain't nothing, that, there ain't nothing to being poor and being rich. You can be poor, you can be rich. Ain't nothing to being rich. You just know what you're doing with your money. Amen. Anybody in here can be rich. Now, I know we, now let me go ahead and break it down. I'm not talking about rich in Jesus. We already know. I'm talking about rich in money. And say money. money. Ain't nothing wrong with money. I, 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 I like to have a little something. Hey, hello? I, I love to have a little something. You know, a little something, something. And I ain't talking about no $2 either. I like to have something heavy, right? I like to have it. <laughs> you know, something with some weight to it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you don't, you don't, you, you don't want to be walking around and you're Christian and, and you know God. Now listen, and I don't, I, don't, I don't preach that old prosperity message either because I believe that God want us to pro- he wants us to prosper, but he said that you got to prosper in the right way. Right? Now, now, and I don't believe that everybody who becomes a Christian is automatically going to be rich because everybody don't know how to handle money. But I want to be able to handle money so God can hand me money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, glory to God. And if you can't handle money, why would he hand you? All right, y'all want this? 
Okay, Exodus chapter 12, verse 35. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. Listen, they were obedient. They had done according to the word of Moses. If you're not obedient, nothing after this belongs to you. He rewards the diligent. The book of James says, he rewards those who diligently seek after him. If you want a reward, then you need to be diligent. Say what you're going to do and do what you say. If you can't do it, don't vow it. That's why I tell people, if I can't be there, I'm going to tell you, I can't be there. Listen, I, I, you can get mad, but it's my time. And if you don't respect your time, nobody else will. And if you learn how to respect your time, then you'll learn how to respect money, too. Okay, all right, I know y'all didn't come for all of that, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. They obeyed the man of God, and they, asked, and they had asked for, from the Egyptians articles of silver and of gold and clothing. Good gracious. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered. The Egyptians. See, see, I know, I know I get a lot of people and they say this scripture text. They say, well, the Lord is going to turn the money from the wicked over into the righteous. Well, you might not be one of the righteous. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying because the first part of that is they were obedient. Right? They were obedient. Then they, they went and asked for what God told them to ask for. So in other words, they went to a secular market, a secular culture, and said, God told me to ask you for this. No. How many times have you went to somebody secular and said, God told me to come to you? No, you're trying to use your old wisdom. You're saying, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about this, and I've been doing my research, and uh, through my research, uh, I feel led to just come to you because you might have the resources that I need for my business. No, these people didn't do this. They, they came in and they said, look, you got what I need, and God told me to ask you for it, and I give it to me. So when they came out of Egypt, saints of God, they didn't come out broke. I read some translation said that they laid the, the resources that they had on the backs of the children. And they had sacks of gold and silver walking out of Egypt talking, Daddy, this is heavy. And they're coming out, yeah, that's right, boy, because what I have to confer to the next generation is going to be heavy. Oh, boy, that might have been too deep for you. What are you leaving the next generation? What are you leaving your children? Are you leaving a legacy of blessings or are you leaving a legacy of a curse? See, see, okay, I, I try, Pastor Tim. I don't know, I'm trying to leave a legacy of blessing. Amen? See, I'm not waiting on this church to bless me. No, I'm doing my own thing. You better do your own thing. Right? God has given you resources and talents and education. You've been to college. You've, you've got master's degrees and doctorates. You've got all kinds of stuff in your repertoire, but you ain't using none of it. You got books you don't finish? You know, I started that book, but I ain't never finished. Why you ain't finished the book? Become a finisher. The Bible says he's the author and the 
good gracious alive. Let's get this last one here so we can get out of here. Pastor, I'm a finisher. I got five books I started. Y'all ready to make a confession? Access. Somebody say, Lord, give me access. Mm-hmm. He'll give you access, man. I'm telling you, he will open doors that can't no man close, and he'll close doors can't no man open. I'm telling you, he will open up a perpetual door of blessings to you, saints of God. I'm tell- your business is about to go to a new level. Your ministry is about to go. You are getting ready to. Uh, let me give you this confession because I got some stuff I need to pray with you real quick. I say, thank you, Lord, that through the sprinkled blood of Jesus, I have access into the presence of Almighty God into the holy place, into the universe of bountiful blessings. See, through the blood, he gives you access to bountiful blessings. Sevenfold application. I'm going to give you these confessions, right, so that you can confess these things over your life. But listen, some of you, some of you, some things, just like with uh, Dean Thomas, some of you, are ab- actually, the doors are already beginning to open. You kind of get a glimpse of it, but the door is getting ready to swing wide, right? So some of you, some of you guys are getting ready to come with some testimonies that are going to be pretty incredible. Now, listen, a lot of it is not going to be money-wise. A lot of it is going to be connections. And see, don't despise small beginnings because God might give you a small— uh, uh, Can I help somebody? Yeah. See, listen, n- let me tell you what I've learned. This is what I've learned. When, when no, no matter how small a church is, God, if somebody invites me to come— I go because you never know what God is going to do in something small. And see, I truly believe that when his word says, if you're faithful over a few things, right? But see, if you sit back waiting for the huge platform of thousands, you'll never get there because God says, what about the two? See, I called you to go over there and and, and help the two, and how can you... How can I give you 10000 and you wouldn't help two people? You know what? Your heart is not right. And if God opened up that platform, you would lose it because of pride. And sometimes God can't open up what he wants to give you because he knows what's in your heart before you do. That's why he told Peter. He said, you are going to deny me three times. Peter said, what? I will never deny you, Lord. I will die for you. And I'm sure Jesus was saying, yeah, you're going you're gonna to die. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> that's a prophecy. <laughs> he said, no, Peter, tonight you're going to deny me three times. Peter got mad at God, at Jesus, didn't he? And what did he do that night? He denied him three times. Since Jesus already knows what's in your heart, just be patient and wait for him to move in his timing. So that when he does open it up for you, your heart will be right and you won't lose what God has given you. Can, can I help you here with this? Amen. Come on and give him a praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704 821 
7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.